My name is Eric Couch, and this is my bride, Catherine. We've been married almost 17 years, and we have two incredible kids. Our son, Evan's 13. Our daughter, Emily, is almost 12. And our story is one of walking with the Lord. However, we let sin and pride choke truth out of us. Thankfully, God redeemed us with his loving discipline and graciously brought us to our breaking point. Um, And I mean breaking point. So on July 6, 2015, Catherine, with fire in her eyes and resolved brokenness in her voice, yelled, I'm done. I can't live like this anymore. She grabbed the kids and she slammed the door as she walked out on our marriage. Broken, I sat on our bed, put my pistol in my mouth, and contemplated taking my life. 1 Peter 5 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Our first week that we walked in those doors to re-engage, I was like, I just want to be fixed. We were desperate for change. And God has done a mighty work in our marriage. And this is our story. So I was born near Houston in Baytown, Texas. I was raised with three older siblings from my mom's first marriage, but was the only one from this marriage. We went to church on major holidays, but otherwise we didn't discuss God as a family. I've had a relationship with God for as long as I can remember, as I just always felt his presence even as a child. Uh, My parents' relationship was toxic at best, and my dad left the day after my ninth birthday. He had extreme anger issues, especially regarding money, And I decided as a child I didn't want to be like him. Drugs, brutal deaths, and pornography were woven throughout my childhood, having lost eight family members and friends within a three-year period. Uh, Divorce and teenage pregnancy are also rampant in my family for multiple generations. Uh, Fortunately, God set me apart and sought me out. At 17, while attending church camp, I surrendered my life to him. I was the first in my family to attend much less finish college. While there, I served on staff at numerous churches and had an incredible walk with the Lord as my faith grew stronger and stronger. I was born and raised here in Dallas. I have grown up very comfortably with a very solid Christian family who's taught God's word for multiple generations. I had three siblings, but our world was forever changed when one of my older sisters was killed in a car accident at the age of six. The wake of her death caused our family to cling to Christ like no other, and it spurred a desire in me to know God in my heart. When I was eight, I prayed and I accepted Christ. But during this time, a deep-rooted lie was embedded in my belief system, and the lie was, if I do good things, then others will like me. But my darkest times were when these thoughts blossomed into the form of an eating disorder that I secretly struggled with for many years. People-pleasing, performing, and being noticed determined how I felt. Performance was threaded into every area of my life and mind, and I was blind to the lies that I clothed myself in. So we met in the music department at Dallas Baptist University. (laughs) Nobody ever believes me, but true story, she actually chased me down. Um, So, (laughs) thank you. Um, (laughs) 
over time, I got to know her heart, and we did fall in love. And we dated for a year before I proposed, and were married four months later. Uh, I always assumed we would be in full-time ministry, given that's what I did all the way through college. Uh, but instead, I went to work for her parents in insurance. Uh, we married Memorial Weekend of 2000. And the fight started almost immediately. So we were young and very dumb. Uh, example, our first breakfast as a married couple was room service the morning after we got married. Catherine just wanted a biscuit and OJ. She ordered a pitcher of juice and one biscuit. The bill was 80 bucks, uh, as they charged by the glass for the pitcher. Uh, it's comical now, but little did I know this would be foreshadowing into our communication and financial issues. Um, I was quickly introduced to Catherine's skeletons, such as overspending and hiding it, uh, plus an eating disorder, and she discovered mine as well. Anger and pornography topped the list. God allowed her spending to stir my anger and control, which I had suppressed since a child not wanting to be like my dad. But once it surfaced, he began to heal us both. Uh, and he's so good that way. When I first met Eric, I loved that he had a heart for the Lord and that he was teachable. But I also saw things that I thought I could fix. My desire for control butt heads with his desire to lead he was angry with me for spending, but I didn't think he knew how to provide or have realistic views of money. I compared him to my dad and expected Eric to provide and act like him. Out of anger and hurt, I spiritually castrated him, ridiculing his quiet times and how he led us in prayer. Eric didn't measure up to the godly man I expected, to, and I let him know it. Rather than respecting Eric and working on our conflict and struggles, I painted myself the victim to my family, and I found ways to get what I wanted. And sadly, she's right. So um, I put down my Bible for 15 years after she belittled my quiet time, which put up a wall between us when it came to God. We were both prideful, and we were brutal to each other. Uh, we had everything, yet something was clearly missing. Pride comes before the fall, and we were both very prideful. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And in our case, he allowed one crushing event after another after another to hit us until the day that we finally broke. Uh, a verse that's haunted me for decades is Isaiah 29, 13, where it says, They worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Sadly, that too was foreshadowing for the coming years. We became more and more busy and involved in church, yet didn't make time for God or for our marriage. Several major events caused us to break so that God could reclaim what was rightfully his. I had worked with Catherine's family for 13 years and had a verbal agreement from her dad to own the portion of the company that I had built. Uh, but roles were transferring, conflict was arising, uh, and the hope of expectations that I had for the future with her family came to a screeching halt when her sister informed me in front of the whole family that I'm not family and that I'll never be an official owner. This conflict left me in a situation where I had to choose to follow my husband or my family. At the time, I didn't realize the stronghold that my family had in my life. I idolized and depended on them for financial security, emotional support, faith. I knew right, the right and biblical thing to do was to be like Ruth. Wherever you go, I go. So I chose to follow Eric 
which meant walking away and letting go of the epicenter of my comfort and security. Sometimes doing the right thing takes every single piece out of you. You must give everything to what is right and betray what you think you deserve, even if it meant giving up my expected inheritance from the family business. It would have been easier to deal with my family's death compared to facing this situation. I was angry at God, plus the conflict crippled me. In an effort to protect everyone's image, I remained all smiles, and especially at church, and became the performer once again. Truth became fog, and my secret broken-hearted pain became home. I fell slave to busyness in order to numb a wound I didn't know how to heal. Running half marathons became a source of excitement and sanity for me. It was a devastating blow. Uh, My health began to deteriorate, and we both spiraled into depression. Catherine did follow me, but the costs nearly destroyed us. Uh, Broken and hurting, we dove in further at church, becoming so busy we didn't have time to think about the pain. Uh, A year after the talk, uh, the family talk, I started my own company, and eventually Catherine came to work with me. It was fun at first, and then things started going wrong. Everything I attempted failed or broke. The frustration plus Eric's expectations not being met left me feeling defeated and worthless. It was more rewarding to stay at home or serve countless hours at church rather than serve or show him show up at the office. So this tension created this this created tension at work and at home, but the tension was only rising. This is where things start to build up. So the vac- we re- returned home from a vacation to find that our house flooded. This repair turned into a home renovation that lasted for over six months and was incredibly stressful. Literally within days of finishing the house, my dad, who, has, who struggles with dementia, called and said, he was in San Antonio, and he said, I can't stop thinking about suicide. I need help right now. And I'm in Dallas. Uh, the doctors released him a couple days later to my custody under the requirement that he move into our home. But dad and I weren't close. There were many hurts from the past, but family takes care of family. So the day we arrived, Catherine went to San Antonio for two weeks to sell his condo with my sister. I was left alone to run the business, take care of our kids, plus be caretaker to a dad I barely knew. He was chemically imbalanced, anxious, depressed, confused, and he didn't leave my side 24-7 for almost three months. I was at the breaking point and started having panic attacks due to the pressure. With dad now in tow and Catherine back at home, our arguments grew exponentially. When we moved Eric's dad to Dallas, we also inherited a horse and a donkey. (laughs) Yay. I spent many a day working and training them. However, God radically changed my life when the saddle broke while I was breaking the horse. I knew when the accident happened, I had several broken ribs, but I was too stubborn to actually go to the doctor. And in order to numb the extreme pain I was in, I turned to alcohol. One month later, I finally went to the doctor, and they informed me I shouldn't be walking. I had a torn sciatic nerve, a crushed vertebrae, several broken ribs, and a deeply injured shoulder. Instead of surgery, I had an injection and painkillers. Due to the accident, I had temporarily lost the ability to walk, plus my independence was taken away. 
I mixed pain meds with alcohol, and it did not turn out so well. I hit my breaking point. I turned to a family friend with a listening ear and began to confide in him about my injury and all my physical frustrations, plus our floundering marriage. This led to an emotional affair. I was acting very suspicious and secretive. That's when Eric accused me of having an affair, and I stormed out on our marriage. So clearly I never pulled the trigger. But uh, God did allow us to break so he could work and restore us individually, but also as a couple. We were finally broken, but it took a major event literally every month from the house to my dad to the business and the fights, the horse accident, and the final straw of the perceived affair crashing down on us before we actually cracked. Uh, we came to re-engage in desperate need of hope. Uh, it's the roadmap that, that ultimately led us uh, back to Christ. And our closed group was our first taste of authentic community. Each week, God refined us and healed us. And as I said initially, we always had everything we needed for a great marriage. And finally, those pieces started to falling together into place. Hebrews chapter 12 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Y'all, I had my head so far up my butt that I wasn't willing to acknowledge that I needed healing. God used that stupid horse to crush me. God unraveled me to the core. My physical injury was, a phys- was an example of me spiritually. I'd been doing good things, things for the church. But God saw and knew my heart. I wasn't letting God use me. I was using God to make myself feel better. I justified my busyness, but God loved me too much to be a slave to it. I was a crippled Christian who was blindly living and serving my own pride and selfishness. God revealed idol after idol that I placed in front of him. My family, performance, pride, and control ruled and reigned in my life rather than Christ. I now live with chronic pain daily. Most days my legs work, but sometimes they just don't. I'm still broken. My physical brokenness is a blessing and a reminder from God. He teaches me through it every day. Every activity, relationship, even my inheritance that I built my identity on was stripped away. And God is still lovingly restoring and rebuilding me. So we currently serve and re-engage and are leading our second group because we need it. God's still refining us every day. We still struggle. We aren't fixed. But we acknowledge that apart from Christ in our marriage, we truly have nothing. My dad has since given his life to Christ, along with my nephew and my niece and her husband. Sadly, though, our son, Evan, fell apart um, and questioned God after we broke. And for six months, he actually said uh, that he wasn't a Christian and he couldn't believe it, um, which was heart-wrenching. But fortunately, he has since given his life to Christ because he's seen God work. Um, God 
has been so gracious regarding the family split and the business, and he's made great strides in bringing reconciliation. We truly hope and pray that you can see God's hand in our mess and be encouraged to press on. Uh, Seek and trust God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And finally, we'd like to share just the top 10 lessons we learned and re-engaged. The first one for me was draw that circle. Drawing a circle around myself and letting God work on me changed everything. Taking every thought captive and making sure my thoughts aligned with God and his words changed the way I live. Letting God work on you is the first and most important choice you will ever make. Number two, give the benefit of the doubt. It's a conscious decision, right? God brought us together. She loves me. I love her. As such, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to ask questions rather than making accusations or believing the worst. Number three is how do you know when your marriage is getting better? The answer is when your fights are less often and are resolved quicker. In this world, you will have trouble in marriage. We still get on each other's nerves, but we now have ground rules and training to better know how to respond. Your issues aren't going to disappear. You'll just be better prepared to deal with them in a biblical manner. And something that changed my life and the way that I deal with conflict is the conflict field guide, which is also on the reengaged website. Number four, eliminate the commas in your speech. It's so easy when bickering to add a comma after you've affirmed your spouse or apologized. For example, I'm sorry, but you, right? So eliminate the commas and the buts and rather add a period. Thank you for loving me, period. I'm sorry I got upset earlier, period. I was wrong, period. Number five, surround yourself with community and accountability. You cannot do it alone. Six, recognize weenie and learn to do the opposite. Right? Don't be a weenie. Rather rather than withdraw, engage. Rather than escalate, be a peacemaker. Rather than negatively interpret, ask questions. And rather than invalidate, listen to understand. Number seven, own your part. Even if you think you are the victim, ask the Lord to show you what 1.63% you need to ask forgiveness for. Number eight, the bottom line... We've learned the secret, the one thing that if you hear nothing else tonight, uh, re-engage is about getting us to focus 100% of ourselves on Christ, allowing him to do what we can't to heal us and our relationships as we simply and completely focus on him, nothing else. In marriage, when we're in sin, our pride causes separation and strife. But as we seek Christ and move toward him, and our spouse does the same, we both draw closer to him and inherently drawing closer to each other. We're now on the same page, going in the same direction, focused on the same thing, which takes you to the same place. Number nine, if none of your options look good, you don't know all your options. Divorce is never something we plan on, but the hurt can be so overwhelming that you just can't breathe anymore. Most believe the only option is divorce. 
But what if there's a third door? A door that redeems your marriage and is a witness for God, not just in your life, but for generations. Reengage is a peek into that third door, a roadmap that will help you achieve the marriage God created for you. And then number 10, last but not least, uh, my dear friend D. Elliot has challenged me and so many other men. Pray with and over your wife daily. For 15 years, we prayed with the kids, but I didn't pray with Catherine, and it impacted everything else. That one thing has changed our marriage, and it can change yours. Thank you.